Welcome to Supply Chain Radio. This is Brian Nella. I'm here with Matt Gunn. We are recording from the Jacob Javits Center in New York at the Bridges 2016 event. Hey, Brian. Glad to be here. This is a pretty cool place to be recording just amid the crowd here and capturing some of the thoughts and sessions that we got as it happens. Let's talk about some of the sessions we heard this morning specifically with regards to agility and things along the lines of postponement, drop ships, ways for brands and retailers to be more agile. You heard or spent a little bit of time today with Adidas and a few others on a specific panel that dove into this. Share with us a little bit about what you heard there. Sure. So speed to market is everything for some of these retailers out there, and especially in the fashion and footwear world where tastes change almost overnight. So when you've got you know, this wide customer base and these fans that are dedicated but also a little bit fickle. You want to keep your products fresh so that they're current with sort of where the trend is, but you also want to be serving the people that love you the most, right? And so for Adidas, I think that they really get it. So this is a brand that has been almost just an icon in footwear for years now. So 40 years ago, they roll out the Stan Smith. It's a tennis shoe worn at Wimbledon. But today you see it on the runways in the New York fashion show. You see them everywhere. Bands like Run DMC made songs about their Adidas. And so it's carried over and you see it in footwear brands where the shoes themselves are an expression of who the person is that's wearing them. And people are loyal and they are very engaged with these brands. You see special editions rolled out constantly. You see new colors of old styles. You see re-releases of retro sneaks just pop out all the time in limited runs or in big runs. And it just simply keeps that brand fresh and on the top of the minds of their fans. So it's an iconic brand that has managed to stay relevant with the millennials, right? And you talk to any company on the planet nowadays, they struggle with the millennials because they're fickle, they're not very loyal, and they want what they want when they want it. I want to order it now and I want it at this time and place. I want it delivered to me here at the Javits Center at, you know, 2.45 this afternoon, you know, and I want my sneakers to be customized. So it's a challenge. And you want it at a reasonable price, right? People will pay for sneakers. I mean, look at a pair of Yeezys on eBay right now, right? Someone's spending 3000 bucks on a pair of shoes. But you also want to serve the mass market too. And so with Adidas, they have this platform called My Adidas. With Adidas, they have the ability to give the customer the power to customize a pair of shoes. It could be something like, you know, shell-toed superstars where they can go and they can visit Adidas' website and pick and choose every little piece of that shoe that they want, whether it's particular laces or a pattern on the stripes or the color of the sole. All of these things come together. And so it's meeting that customer exactly where they want and at a price that's really reasonable. Right, so it's mass customization, but then what about the timeliness? Can you talk a little bit about what did you hear in terms of how Adidas is able to shrink some of the times and take days out of the delivery cycle? The session itself that they were speaking on was all about advanced shipping techniques. Things like drop ship or direct shipping or postponement, DC bypass. There's a lot of tricks that a retailer can use right now to get goods closer to where they need to be when they need to be there. But when you're talking about customization of a product, it really relies on the data that you've got and the platform that you're using to take those signals and put it right into production immediately so that within you know the span of one or two weeks, that shoe is arriving at the customer's door on time and 
exactly as they want it, right? It's coming direct from the factory and it's shipped to the customer itself. So you take out a lot of steps and processes that have to happen in the middle, but you have to be really good at your data and you have to be able to integrate that production into the production of your mass market shoes. So with Adidas, it's not even a speed bump for them as John Hamilton had mentioned. What they're doing is when that order comes in, it begins production alongside other shoes of that same model, but then as it's made, that particular piece has that customer's name on it throughout. That is, you know, Matt Gunn's shoe from the moment that I pay for it until it gets produced and brought out to my door. And you need to have visibility across the supply chain to be able to do that, right? You're not just talking about the ability to see your general stock and sort of where the supplies are. You're looking at the product itself. And so with technology, they're able to meet that need. Now they're going to roll it out globally soon with Reebok, which is a little bit different from Adidas. It's more of a fitness brand, but same sort of thing. There's this culture that is very into what they do. And this will take them that next step to becoming better fans, to be more loyal to the brand and to fulfilling that need. So that's interesting, you know, tying the front end of the business, right? In this case, it's a website and being able to pipe that data directly back to the factory. Can you share anything about the back end and how they're actually facilitating this and what enables them to execute this collaboration and then execution from the factory? Sure. And I think what they talk about and what they see is this vision of a cloud-based system so that you're getting a single version of the truth from you know, the beginning of production all the way to the end. I mean, it's the only way that you can watch this in near real time and keep that process moving without, you know, derailing other much larger needs within the company. The type of system that you need to have, it can't be a single tenant on-premise installation, right? It has to reside in a larger network that interacts with the other pieces of technology and with your other suppliers and your shippers and everything else throughout the supply chain in order to be flexible and responsive from day one all the way to the end. So it's interesting. You see Omnichannel coming up and retailers, brands, and, and every company on the planet struggling, right, with these new customer demands and pressure on the supply chain. And how do we fight back? And it's interesting to see moves like this, you know, where it's, I don't necessarily want to try to plan or add buffer stock, but someone like Adidas in this sense, they're just being more agile, you know, shuffling how they kind of design and orchestrate their network, empowering fulfillment from the factory, or, you know, looking into other options, right? Can I fulfill from my DC or can I fulfill from retail store? I think that's certainly an approach that we're hearing more about. And that's probably the future of where retailers and brands have to move if they're going to keep up with the demands in an omnichannel world, the idea of fulfilling from any node in the network. Absolutely. And yeah, the term you used right there, buffered stock. In retail and fashion, you just can't be sitting on something that was made six months ago and expected to be relevant come the holiday season. You have to keep things moving and you can't be in a situation where you have too much inventory and you're marking it all down. I mean, that can be deadly, especially right now. So yeah, actually, th you think about it, mass customization, right, being deployed here, can it be deployed elsewhere? And, and you know, how might that look? And what other industries might be able to benefit from this? Absolutely, yeah. I mean, it doesn't just have to be about fashion, about a piece of clothing. But in automotive, you have brands like Ford that reinvented themselves in Europe with the Ford Fiesta, a car that is built on a mass customization platform. Or if you look at a big technology company, right, like Microsoft, you don't just build a $100,000 server 
just for the sake of doing it, right? There has to be a specific need and an order there when you have that investment in a product. I mean, I think universally, it doesn't have to be a high-value, high-margin product that you're selling that can have this level of personalization, this sort of down-to-the-individual-customer touch that really sits as a differentiator with whatever you're trying to sell. Profitable fulfillment not only on high-margin goods, but even on low-margin goods. Absolutely. And I think that that's a vision that a lot of people in manufacturing and retail industries can learn from. Thanks for being on the program, Matt. Signing off from Supply Chain Radio in New York. Mm-hmm.